Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on the Shell Pennzoil performance line, the moment we've been waiting for. As the New York audience joins us, I will give you my thoughts on what was the play heard around the world in the NFL yesterday. Where have we been so far, if you're just joining me? We've been to Philly to talk about what we believe is the end of the Carson Wentz era. We've been to Chicago to talk about what we believe is the end of the Matt Nagy era. We've been to Cleveland, where we have praised Baker Mayfield loudly today. And now we get to New York, where Greg Williams has been fired as the defensive coordinator of the New York Jets, which I think is unfortunate because if they really wanted to punish him for making that call yesterday, they'd have made him stick around for the rest of the season like everybody else has to. I got to sit through this nonsense. Why shouldn't he? He gets a paid vacation. He gets to spend the holidays with his family instead of being out there calling up, dialing up the worst defenses you've ever seen in your entire life. And look, by now you know what happened, and I hope you recognize the consequence of the play. Everyone has talked at great length about the Trevor Lawrence of it all, how devastating that play was to the Jacksonville Jaguars and how brilliant it was for the Jets and their fans. That was also a very consequential play in the AFC playoff picture. If the Raiders lose that game, which they absolutely should have, they had in fact lost, and the Jets' defensive coordinator just handed it to them, then the Raiders would be 6-6. Six and six. And take a look at the standings next time you get in front of them, and you look at where the Ravens sit, and you look at where the Patriots sit. That loss by the Jets did not do Bill Belichick any favors yesterday. Don't think Bill won't remember that the next time he gets a chance to bury his most hated team. Not rival, because there's no rivalry there. There's just hatred. And so, what is there to be said about that yesterday? What can we say that Rex Ryan didn't already say perfectly? Dumbest call I've ever seen. And only and been around the thing for 58 years, 30 years as a coach. That's the dumbest call ever. There's, there's no other way of, of putting it. Look, and it's not like cover zero. There's a time and a place for cover zero. That dang sure ain't it. That's, I mean, it's just stupid. It's just absolutely stupid. It is, however, a perfect encapsulation of what the New York Jets have been all year. And for anyone who thinks that was an example of them tanking, what you were doing is you were actually giving them far too much credit. That would suggest something organized, planned, and executed successfully. And the New York Jets have not done any of those three things this football season. They've not been organized, they've not been planned, and they've not executed anything successfully. The perfect evidence of it is that the Raiders actually blew a wide-open touchdown on the play before. The play before the game-winning touchdown that Henry Ruggs catches behind Lamar Jackson, they actually have Nelson Aguilar behind the defense, and Carr just overthrows it. So the Jets' defense, on a, on a sequence of plays where the only thing that can beat them is a bomb in the end zone, allowed a Raider receiver to get behind the defense on two consecutive plays. That's so astonishingly inept, I don't even know where to begin. And it, of course, throws wide open the door to people suggesting that they're tanking. I can't criticize anyone for saying it because it's impossible to imagine being so totally incompetent that you would allow that, that it has to have been done on purpose. But I actually just think they're that inept and that bad. And I know everyone thinks I should be thrilled about it. Because, of course, in the big picture, it was the best thing that could happen to the Jets, who remain very much on target to get the first pick in the draft, which means Trevor Lawrence, and you don't need me to go through that again. 
But I'll tell you what, when it happened, and look, my son sitting next to me is cheering. (laughs) He gets it. And I saw the videos all over Twitter of people, Jet fans all over the place cheering. My honest first reaction was I felt sorry for the players. I really did. Rex called them the kids on that team. They have so many young players who show up to work every single day in the middle of a pandemic, who have been out there doing their best, who were dealt a ridiculous hand by the, the, the ownership, by the front office, and by the coaching staff. The coaching staff is totally inept and checked out months ago. The players hated him in the first place. The general manager gutted the team this year, so they are tanking from upstairs, not down, but upstairs. Ownership is lost. I mean, just clueless and couldn't care less about these players and what becomes of them. And so these guys have to go through a season, and it is going to be hung upon them that they were on a team that went 0-16. And they got to show up there every single day and do their best. And this will be a part of their, of their lives and their legacies forever. And you know what? They don't deserve it. They didn't deserve for one of their coaches to give a game away yesterday, and that's what he did. So I honestly felt sick for them. This kid Marcus May goes up there as safety. He's a captain on the team, and he's a good player. And if you watch that game yesterday, which I was stupid enough to do, he was all over the field yesterday. He is busting his behind. He's trying everything he can to get a win. He wanted that. He wanted so badly to win one stupid game. And the coach just gave it away. For whatever reason, it was disgraceful and it was inexcusable. And the Jets have been the laughingstock of the NFL all year long. But no one should be laughing at their players. Because their players rose up yesterday and gave you an effort that if you were a fan, you could be proud of. And their coaching staff is a disgrace to the sport. Adam Gase is ridiculous and he has been the worst. And I didn't think you could ever do anything worse than he has done. But then Greg Williams one-upped him yesterday. To the point that the Jets couldn't help but fire him. Even Christopher, someone had to wake up Christopher Johnson and say, we need to do something because this has now gotten completely embarrassing. So if you were wondering how I felt, that's how I felt about it. I actually felt sorry for the players because they deserved better. All of them deserve better than what they've gotten all year long from this staff and from, their, from the organization that they work for. But the professionals are getting paid. It is what it is. But I felt sorry for them yesterday because they won a football game and their coach took it away from them. Their own coach took it away from them. And I have have very seldom in my life, I've been watching the sport my whole life, I've very seldom seen that happen, that blatantly and inexcusably. So my reaction was not nearly as jubilant as it should have been. And look, I'll be there at the end of April if the Jets have the first pick and they take Trevor Lawrence, I'll be cheering, of course, like everybody else. And I will be happy then. And I, I recognize, don't think I don't know it. I know that this is good for that. But I will be completely honest with you. In that moment, that isn't the way I felt. As all every friend I have is texting me their congratulations. I can show you the phone. I get every single person you know who works at ESPN texted me, congratulations, Greenie. And I know that's the way I should have felt. But inexplicably, it's not the way I felt. I looked, I was staring at the players, the deflation of the players on that team wearing that uniform that I rooted for my whole life. And it made me sick. So if you're wondering how I felt about it, that's how I felt. All right, Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Uh, Look, we all accidentally drop drop our phones, right? You damage your phone sometimes. It happens. Now Straight Talk Wireless's new Platinum Unlimited plan includes phone protection, just 65 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, data, and more. See mobile protect terms and conditions at assurion.com slash straight talk. Limitations and exclusions apply. 
All right, on to the next issue, and let's talk about what was the best performance of the day yesterday. Not the most spectacular, but the best. And that is actually from the same city from which we began this hour. The New York football giants going into Seattle and beating the Seahawks without their quarterback. Their defense is the goods. They are special. They are playing great. And they are playing great around a coach who has got it. You know what's being rewritten right now is the Belichick coaching tree's reputation with what Brian Flores is doing, and I know Vrabel never coached under Belichick, but what Vrabel has done in Tennessee, and now Joe Judge, who quite frankly for the last two months is the NFL's coach of the year. This team was 0-5, they were 1-7. Now they're sitting there 5-7 and with an inside track to win the admittedly terrible division, but in their last seven games, they're 5-2, and and their two losses were by a combined total of three points. And Ryan Clark, I thought, did an excellent job of explaining why they are so good right now. They're the only team with an extremely consistent trait. And that consistent trait is the most important trait anyone in the NFC East has. They absolutely compete all out, 100%, every single snap, every single game. They are physical. They fly to the ball on offense. They understand what they are now, and they do that. I love the way that this team has now found an identity. It's not about necessarily if we will win every game. It's about how we will come out, compete, and play every game. And Joe Judge has that entire team on the same page. I have to be impressed. And so I wanted to get a little perspective today. We stopped in Chicago earlier. Let's stop in New York right now. My friend Dave Rothenberg from ESPN Radio New York is with me on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. And I enjoy listening to Dave on the radio, which I do frequently when I'm in the car, because Dave, I find you to be a lot like me. We, we grew up in similar fashions. We just grew up rooting for different teams. We're from a two-team town. I'm a Jet fan and you're a Giant fan. But for the national audience that may not know Dave, let me run down, Dave, if I may, some of... Hello, Dave Rothenberg. How are How you? How are you, Mike? I'm going to run pleasure down... Pleasure to be on. Pleasure to be on. Some, of you. your, your, some of your credentials as a fan. Okay? Is it or is it not true... Uh-oh. Is it or is it not true that when you got married, you marched down the aisle to the NFL Films music? Marched would be a strong statement, but I would think walked with uh, a parent on each arm would be more accurate. Yes, I, I walked down the aisle to the classic battle, and my wife had to, you know, when you go through all the spiel of do you take him for this, do you take him for that, uh, my wife said, do you take him on football Sundays? So, yes, <laughs> it, it is It is all very accurate. Okay, is it or is it not true that after a particularly bad loss, you broke your wedding DVD? Yeah, that was not my finest moment. I broke it. I, and I broke it obnoxiously. Like I took it and, and snapped it in half right in front of my wife. And we thought that might have been the only copy at the time. This is 2004. So it's not like everything's so accessible. Fortunately, she was able to call the videographer and we got a replacement. I, I want to know who you've been talking to, though. Is it or is it not true that your wife ran the New York Marathon and you <laughs> did not attend because the Giants were playing? You were not there to watch her cross the finish line. Uh, finish line, correct. I told her. If she were to have a, a record-setting pace early on, I would meet her at mile marker 13 before the Giants played the Jets at 1 o'clock that day. That is correct. <laughs> okay. So you've managed to cheer me up. And you should be cheerful. I just wanted to get you for a quick take today. The New York Giants, I think, over the last two months, have been not only the best team in a terrible division, but they've been a, they look like a genuinely good team with a genuinely good future and a coach who at first I, was, I had genuine questions about who now looks like he is the real deal. Give me 60 seconds of delight, if you can, from, from after that win yesterday. I, I felt alive. 
I mean, it's the first time, and I think you appreciate this because you're a fan, like you mentioned, like, like I am. I felt alive, like I cared. I'm watching the Giants, and it's not Washington's going for a two-point conversion, and yeah, if they get it, we lose, and we pick second, and if they, they don't get it, we win, and we still stink. It mattered yesterday, and I cared, and I was involved in the game. And it's, it's a, it, yesterday's the biggest win the Giants have had in four years, Greeny. That's a long time mm-hmm. to have an important football game. So, I mean, they take a stranglehold on this division. I think clearly they're the best team in this division. And I will go one further. And I think that if you're Tampa or you're Seattle or you're Minnesota or any ilk of that team, you're not so excited about paying a visit to the Giants on the road in week one of the postseason. Oh, I totally agree. Completely agree. Seattle found it out up close and personal yesterday, and that was out without the Giants starting quarterback. I actually wanted to ask you very quickly while I have you here for a second, and I'd like to try and do this a little more frequently as we go forward, but very quickly, their general manager has been much maligned. And in our show notes today, half of my staff are crazy Giant fans like you. A big debate came up as to whether or not the general manager has been redeemed because of the turnaround in the season. What is the answer to that question? I guess quickly, yes, he's been redeemed in some capacity. It, it doesn't mean that Sam Beal was a good draft pick. It, it doesn't necessarily mean that taking Saquon second overall was the right move. But listen, the left tackle has gotten better as the season has gone on. You look at the draft. You look at the trade for Leonard Williams. You know better than anybody. Leonard Williams massively underachieved in his time with the Jets. Mm-hmm. I know he was a pro bowler at some point, but this is not what you were expecting with the sixth overall pick. He's dominant. He's an all-pro player right now, and I've been really hard on Gettleman. I, I think that Gettleman, for the most part, has done a, a, a subpar job, but it's hard to look at the last year and the James Bradbury and the picks that they have and Shane Lemieux, who looks like a mauling left guard with a fifth-round pick, and say that Dave Gettleman, over the last year, has not done a good job. So I was hesitant to be all in and say, uh, you have to bring him back. If you win this division and you compete down the stretch and you compete in the playoff game – I think I'm there. I think you have to bring Dave Gettleman back. He is Dave Rothenberg from ESPN New York. He's as good a fan as you will ever meet. Dave, thanks a million, my man. I'll see you soon. Appreciate it, Greeny. Thanks so much. Dave Rothenberg with me here. So that's, that's again, we're going all around the league today. And, and to me, the Giants' win over the Seahawks yesterday was the goods. Now, the question is, does it mean that they're going to win the division? That brings me to my Monday Night Football preview brought to you by Progressive Insurance. It is interesting. What, th- this has been such an unusual football season for the obvious reasons, which is to say the coronavirus has wreaked havoc with everything and every every part of our lives. And so why wouldn't it wreak its own little individual piece of havoc with the NFL season, i.e. the Ravens and the Steelers and a Wednesday afternoon kickoff, and tomorrow we get Ravens-Cowboys on a Tuesday. It's also been unusual in some of the more commonplace ways, which is to say when this season began, all of the conversation, I was hosting the TV show all through the summer leading up to kickoff, and the, the, the overwhelming conventional wisdom was, in the NFC East, the Giants in Washington are terrible, and the Eagles and Cowboys will battle it out. Well, the opposite has happened. The Eagles are the worst team. The Cowboys have been decimated by injury and are the second worst team. Right now, the Giants are playing like the best team. But I think we've forgotten a little bit about Washington. They've become so nondescript that I think we kind of overlook them. But I think that changes tonight. we got two Monday night games tonight. Again, the Monday Night Football Preview brought to you by Progressive Insurance. The first one, which is the late afternoon game, Washington-Pittsburgh. I told you last Friday. I believe the Washington football team is going to knock the Steelers from the ranks of the unbeaten. 
I think that the Steelers, the the dis the the disproportion, it's not the right word, the disadvantage that the Steelers have in terms of time off between these games is actually unfair. And when they complain about scheduling and all the rest of that, this is what they actually should have been complaining about. You heard all the Steelers players last week bellyaching because they didn't get their bye week and, and the Ravens and all the rest of that and why did they have to play and the Broncos didn't have to play, all that stuff. That actually wasn't the problem. The problem is this. We haven't seen Washington play since Thanksgiving. They've been off since Thanksgiving. That's a week ago Thursday. The Steelers just played Wednesday. The Steelers are playing on the equivalent of a short week and, the, and Washington is playing on practically the equivalent of a bye. And the Steelers looked like a team that, that is up against it when we saw them last Wednesday against the Ravens. I do not think this is a good game for them. I think Washington wins, which I think makes two things, throws two things very much become very interesting. This will be the lead of the show tomorrow, I would imagine. If Washington wins tonight, as I am predicting, what does that mean for the NFC East? Where I believe Washington and the Giants are the two best teams, are the two best coached teams. They're just the two best teams right now. And they will battle it out down the stretch over the last four weeks. And what does it mean for the Steelers and the Chiefs? The Chiefs have one loss. It was inside not only the conference, but the division. The Steelers, if they lose this game, would remain unbeaten in the conference. So if the Steelers, if both teams are going to wind up 15-1, and this is the game for the Steelers to lose. Don't get me wrong. I'm not suggesting they will not try to win. But if they're going to lose a game, this is the one to lose. So my projection is for all those reasons and more, I think Washington wins this game today. They're ready to be physical. They're playing well. Their quarterback is smart. They've got better players than you think. The defense is tough. I think Washington wins this game. And then the late game, I actually think San Francisco rises up and plays well and wins. They're playing a home game on the road. They're playing this game in Arizona, in Glendale, Arizona. That's the ESPN Monday Night Football game. Buffalo is in Arizona to play the 49ers because the 49ers, as by now you know, Santa Clara County basically told them that you can't practice here, you can't play here, you can't be here, so they're not living there. So they have picked up and moved everything, their entire lives that football team has, to Glendale, Arizona, which is where they will play that game tonight. But the home field advantage hasn't meant anything all season anyway. There are no fans to speak of at any of these games. There are literally none in most of them. And the few fans that there are, I don't think are making enough of a difference in any of them to be a factor. And if you watch the 49ers, they're playing hard. They're playing tough. They're extraordinarily well coached. And I think they pull off the surprise tonight. It's just too easy to go with Buffalo. Everyone is going Buffalo. Everyone on Get Up With Me this morning picked Buffalo. Rex did, Ryan Clark did, Dan Orlovsky did. I'm going the other way. I like both teams that are underdogs tonight. Someone tell me, I don't have it in my head, someone tell me what the line is tonight on Buffalo and San Francisco. I have to believe the Bills are a, a slim road favorite. And certainly the Steelers are favorite tonight. But I like Washington with the points and for the straight-up win. And Bubba or someone, just tell me if you have it, what the line is on that game tonight. Bills-Niners. Again, I'm assuming Buffalo is a slim road favorite. Oh, the 49ers are a, a minus one. Okay, even so. I, I'm saying give the point. Give the point. I like the 49ers by four. 
tonight. My Monday football preview brought to you by Progressive's Home Insurance. Get your quote at Progressive.com today. All right, I've been doing a lot of talking. Now it's your turn. Hot takes are next. 888-SAY-ESPN. 888-729-3776. Call me with your hottest take coming out of yesterday in the NFL. You know, I've been fired up today. Now I want to hear from you. 888-SAY-ESPN. Your calls are next. Greeny, the podcast. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Let me very quickly mention, Doug Peterson has apparently just talked to the media in the last few minutes. I'm just grabbing on Twitter some of those who follow the team. He did not announce a starting quarterback for this week against New Orleans, but the suggestion I'm getting is that it sounds like he's leaning towards making the change to Jalen Hurts. That, to me, is an enormous story that, of course, is a storied franchise. And I'll repeat what I said right off the top of the show today for those of you just joining me. At some point, it's you. At some point, it can't be everybody else. At some point, when Nick Foles, a career journeyman backup, is better on your team than you are, when your teammates are better with him than you are, when Jalen Hurts, who no one could believe went in the draft where he did, steps on the field, and suddenly every one of your teammates looks better. At that point, it's you. And so at this point, it's him in Philly. Yes, there are problems. Yes, there are injuries. Yes, they are decimated in a variety of ways. But the reality is, his teammates seem to respond better when other people are playing quarterback. And I can't think of a worse thing to say about a quarterback. So Carson Wentz is going to need to get this together. The money suggests he gets another chance next year. Doesn't necessarily mean he gets it next week. But changes are coming to Philadelphia, and I don't think it's going to be him because I don't think they have the opportunity to do it. All right, let's get to the calls. As I said, 888-SAY-ESPN is my number. Here come the hot takes as we go to the Dr. Pepper call-in line, and we start with Pat. Pat, you're on ESPN Radio. Give me a hot take. My hot take is that Devontae Adams 
that Devontae Adams is far and away the best wide receiver in the NFL. He's so fun to watch. Another 10 receptions, 121 yards, two touchdowns yesterday. I mean, he's took his game to the next level this year. What do you think about that? I, 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 there's no argument. I mean, I don't, if I, in a vacuum, do I think he's the single best wide receiver in the NFL? I don't, but it's a defensible argument, and I read you this stat earlier. I'll give it to you again. Field Yates tweeted it. Over his last 16 games, so one season's worth of football, Devontae Adams has 132 catches, 1,680 yards, 17 touchdowns. And I will say, no one vibes with their quarterback better than he does with Aaron. Aaron Rodgers trusts him like crazy. You see him float a 40-yard pass from his own one-yard line to Devontae Adams yesterday in a game that was still a game? Special. So in a vacuum, if I were drafting a team and I could pick from every receiver in the NFL, would he be the first one I took? No. But he wouldn't be far away. And right now he's probably playing as well as any of them. He also has probably the best quarterback of any of them. Next up is Craig. Craig, you're on ESPN Radio. Craig, give me a hot take. Well, I know they're on bye week last week and we got a break from the drama. But I think next year Tampa Bay is going to make a change. Josh McDaniels is going to be a hot commodity. They're going to get Josh McDaniels to come with Tom Brady. And since Matt Patricia just got fired, it's going to be a New England reunion. Matt Patricia, Josh McDaniels running Tampa Bay with Tom Brady. I like it. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I mean, Todd Bowles, I think, is a very good defensive coordinator. Um, but if they change the head coach, maybe maybe Bowles goes with Arians. They're close. Or maybe they just feel that they need to make a total change. I don't know about the Matt Patricia piece of it is what I'm trying to say. But I love the McDaniels piece of it. I gave you a whole essay last week on TV and on radio about how the offense that Tom Brady is running in Tampa is wrong. It is just flat the wrong offense. And the reality is, if you want to run Tom Brady's offense, an offense that works for him, Bruce Aaron shouldn't be your coach. It isn't a knock on him. But it's like having the talent in the NBA, like having the pieces to be a defense first team and hiring Mike D'Antoni to be the coach. No one in their right minds would do it. The whole no risk it, no biscuit thing does not work for Brady. So I, I have thought many times about the possibility of that being McDaniels. And it does make a lot of sense to me. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. Who's next? Derek? You're on ESPN Radio. Derek, give me a hot take. Yes, hi. Good afternoon, Mike. My hot take is I'm a Dolphins fan, and I watched him play last all year long. Xavier Howard is the best corner in football. They're gonna Next week at home, they're going to beat the Chiefs. And they're going to make a surprise run to the championship game. Because that defense will step up and show that they belong. Derek, Thanks. let me ask you a question. Leave Derek up a second. Derek, are you totally... Give me an honest opinion. I love the hot take. Give me an honest opinion. Are you sold on the quarterback? Yes. He's smart. He don't make the big mistakes. And I just think they got to get rid of Chan Gailey maybe next year and get a, a more uh, offensive coordinator that will show... Show more responsibility. I believe he's smart, and he's, they're doing the right thing by playing him. This magic makes mistakes, and he can get you, but he's an average quarterback. I do believe this experience along the way, they will. He can run. He has a good arm on him. As long as he stays healthy, he is their future. And I do believe they're going to surprise Kansas City because Kansas City ain't been beating no one badly up this year at all. I, I like it. I, I like the take. Look, the Dolphins... If Tua Tungavailoa can stay healthy and and become what everyone projected him to be, then no one has a brighter future than they do. No one does. No one has a brighter future than the Dolphins if Tua is the goods. And the Dolphins coach is excellent. Excellent. Brian Flores is there's nothing about that guy not to love. 
The question is, do they have their quarterback for whatever this run is going to be? And and it, they're doing the right thing. Play the kid, find out one way or the other as much as he can in a rookie year. Bubba, give me that one more time. Don. Don, you are next up on ESPN Radio. Don, give me a hot take. Hey, Greeny, my hot take is uh, you just watched the Jim Harbaugh Bowl yesterday. And what I mean by that is he's going to Detroit or Chicago. 100% guarantee you heard it here first. Okay. Look, I, I, here's the thing about Jim. And, and, Bubba, let's leave it on that one. Guys, great calls. Thank you so much for being a part of this every single day. I so enjoy it. All the hot takes, and we'll continue to do it. I, um, I feel like every once in a while I need to just keep explaining this because I know a lot of people are new to the program here. Uh, I've known Jim Harbaugh for 30 years. He was the quarterback of the first team I ever covered. And I like Jim, and I am, I am predisposed to rooting for him and defending him. And his first year, at, when he first got hired at Michigan, I said, this is the worst thing that could happen to every team in the Big Ten because he's special. And his first year when they were really good and they got screwed on a bad call and should have beat Ohio State that year and would have been in the playoff, I thought Michigan's future is so bright and there are no words to describe it. And I am flabbergasted at what has happened since. I can't believe it. And so my question is, has the bloom come off of the Harbaugh Rose for NFL teams? It would make a lot of sense in Detroit, although I don't know what I don't know how enthusiastic the fan base there in Michigan would be after what's just happened. You know what? We need to get a little closer. Nuno and, and Bubba, let's get someone on from Detroit tomorrow, the next couple of days, and, and hear what that, the reaction to that would be. Again, Harbaugh was the coach of the Bears when I covered him. Excuse me, the quarterback of the Bears. He was very close to the McCaskey family who owns the team. The relationships there are good. So could I see him coming back and coaching the Bears? Absolutely. Could I see him as the coach of the Lions? I guess I do believe that he will want to be an NFL head coach. Jim Harbaugh is a football coach. I don't think he's doing anything else. The question is, are NFL teams, a year ago, I think NFL teams would have been lining up at his door. This year, I think, has been so bad, I wonder if some of the bloom has come off that rose, which is an expression I've now used three consecutive times, and I'm still not convinced it's what I mean. Coming up next, I will explain to you why the worst loss of the day yesterday was not what happened to the Jets. That's next this is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S A V E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. All right, Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. And 
Uh, I can tell you this very quickly. If you're one of those who's paying close attention to what's happening with Ohio State and whether or not they'll get a chance to play their sixth game this weekend, which would solve a lot of problems for the Big Ten, uh, there is optimism. I can tell you this. I, my, my buddy Dave Refson just retweeted Pete Tamil, who says, lots of optimism out of Michigan today. They're preparing to practice, which is a good sign for playing the Ohio State game. That, that has, there are any number of reasons. If you're not one who's following that closely, I'm a Big Ten guy, so I care about it a lot. And if you care about who's going to wind up in college football's Final Four teams, then you care. Ohio State needs to play one more game, and then they will have everything right where they need it. They'll play for the Big Ten Championship against Northwestern. If they win that, they're in the playoff. Nothing else to talk about. So, again, the proof is in the the tweets. The proof is in the fact that Michigan seems to be getting ready to practice. If they're going to practice, they're going to play. If that game is played this weekend, Ohio State has no problems. The proof is in the Pennzoil. Pennzoil synthetic motor oils are made from natural gas. Gives you unbeatable engine protection. The proof is in the Pennzoil based on sequence 4A wear test using SAE 5W30. So I spent a lot of this morning railing and yelling and being generally upset about the way the New York Jets lost yesterday, as you would imagine I would be. But that, to me, was not the worst loss yesterday. The worst loss in the NFL yesterday was the Bears. When you take into account all the things that happened for their coach to come out and basically push his last remaining chips to the middle of the table during the week by basically saying, throwing down the gauntlet, these players have got to look themselves in the mirror and we've got to make... He did the old Rockney speech. He read it right out of a book. And then for his players to go out there and the offense to play better and hand the defense a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter, that quote-unquote championship-caliber defense, and to lose to a division rival that has already fired its coach, that's about as bad as it could get. It couldn't get worse for the Bears than losing that game that way. And I thought Ryan Clark had an outstanding take on it as we were sort of putting a ribbon on it this morning on TV. What do we always say? We want a team to be together. We want total chemistry. We want complimentary football. Not a Bears playing, not a Bears playing complimentary football. The offense suck. Defense suck too. There you go. Isn't this what we want? Isn't this why Matt Nagy was, was brought to Chicago so the offense and the defense would be on the same level? Well, now you have it. And then y'all get it. And y'all want to be mad, right? That's Ryan Clark this morning, and you couldn't say it any more directly or any funnier than he did. And he happens to be exactly right. So to me, that was the worst loss, and they are hopelessly out of it now. Whatever glimmer of hope they took into the weekend, they left there. Meanwhile, that was a bad loss, and we talked a lot about the best wins. And I told you earlier, I thought the Giants had the best win, but the best individual performance belonged to Baker Mayfield. And we've been critical of him here, and I apologize for none of it. When you're the first pick in the draft and when you are the person he is, which is you draw a lot of attention to yourself. I actually said to Rex on TV this morning that that Baker reminds me a little of Rex. Hear me out. The brashness, the unapologetic sense of self. Rex Ryan was and is unapologetically himself. You can love him, you can hate him, but you know exactly where he stands. And Baker's got that too. He's unapologetically himself. He wins the game yesterday. He's quoting the office in his post-game comments after the best performance he's had in the NFL since he was wearing a jersey that said Oklahoma. So the best performance he's ever had in the NFL. And and so he is, I don't apologize for the criticism because his play has not always measured up to that. But I think right now the Browns are sneaky good, really good. 
I want to see them play some of the big boys, and they still have Baltimore and Pittsburgh on the schedule. And I will see the Steeler game is the last game of the year. Let's see if they have anything to play for. But the Browns at 9-3, and three, they, they look awfully good. I think their coach, I think Kevin Stefanski, is one loss away from being right there for coach of the year. And that loss is Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh needs to lose a game. If the Steelers go 16-0, there's nothing to talk about. Tomlin is the coach of the year, deserves it. There should be no debate. It should be unanimous. If the Steelers lose a game or two and fall out of the one seed, perhaps, then I think that throws it wide open. And I think you have to put Kevin Stefanski at the front of the line. And it really does look more like, more and more like the, the big problem with that team last year was coaching. What a difference a year has made. And a few additions. Obviously, the additions on the offensive line. But the quarterback was terrific yesterday. When you're going to criticize a guy when he's down, you got to you have to be willing. He deserves all the praise and then some. He threw four touchdowns in the first half yesterday. And they went into that game, a run-first team that they are, the Browns. Obviously, give credit to the coaching staff. They felt they could throw the ball on Tennessee all day, and they did. They went out there throwing the football. Disregard the, the running numbers. Whatever rush, I don't even know exactly what Chubb wound up running for. It's going to look like more than it was. Because when that game was a game, they were throwing the football. They ran it a lot in the second half. But Baker Mayfield was brilliant yesterday. The touchdown he throws to Higgins is a dime. And if he plays like that, then the Browns are sneaky dangerous. Sneaky dangerous. All right, let's leave it with the fun. I'm contemplating doing something crazy with my hair. So if you go to my Instagram page, at ESPN Greeny. I dug out in a box that I found in my office today. You know, I got the two hours between the two shows. And I found in this desk in my office a box of stuff that we brought down from Bristol that I hadn't opened. And my first publicity photo from ESPN was in that box. And I posted it on my Instagram page. This picture was taken in September of 1996. And the tie is a disgrace. And I posted on here, just found this in a box. Not sure which is worse, the hair or the tie. But everyone seems to like the hair. I'm getting very favorable results or response to the hair, including from a lot of people I know, particularly my wife. So if you get a chance, take a look. Let me know because I think I'm pleased to say I think I could still do that with my hair. So if I show up looking like Max Headroom in 1996 tomorrow, you'll know what happened. This has been a fun day. Thank you for being there for me as you are every day. And I'll see you back in better than ever tomorrow right here on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast.